Well, good morning, Bridge Church. So happy that you have joined us once again on our online service. We are so happy to have you. So excited to continue to draw closer to God through this time, through obviously different elements than we're used to. But we're so happy that you have been joining with us in this endeavor and hope that you've already had a great time of worship in your living room or wherever you're at, that you are feeling his presence and and drawing closer to him today. And uh, we're actually gonna get right into our lesson today. We're not gonna waste any time. We're gonna go ahead and jump right in. So get your coffee, get your notes and, and get ready for this. Before we do, can we just say a quick word of prayer all together, uh, wherever you're at, if you could close your eyes and, and bow your heads with me. Heavenly Father, so grateful, so thankful for this opportunity that you've given us to continue to draw closer to you, to get to know you better and and continue to worship you even through this unique season that we find ourselves in. And I ask that you would uh, open up our hearts and minds now to receive your word, that it would really sink deep into our hearts and continue to grow into something beautiful. Help us wherever we're at to, to be able to focus in on you right now so that we can truly get everything that we possibly can out of what you're about to offer up. And and in response, we give you all the glory and all the honor and all the praise in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Now, I'll be honest with you uh, from the very beginning of my message today, I have been kind of fighting an uh, internal battle lately as to whether or not we should be continuing to to kind of center our topics and our content around um, the crisis that we find ourselves in today. I know that it's what so many people are talking about, and it's certainly front and center of many of our minds. And at the same time, I don't want us to be consumed by it. I don't want us to be encompassed by it. And so I kind of feel like I'm straddling a line of not being overbearing about the topic while also trying to be relevant in my teaching, just trying to, you know, strike that perfect balance. And so I have been in prayer and in study to really figure out God's direction here. And and I have to say, I feel very confident that what we're going to be digging into today is indeed what God wants to speak into our hearts. And so I'm excited to get into this message. Now it is centered around the current situation that we find ourselves in. It's definitely relevant to the position we're in. But I also think this is a, a a topic that reminds us of the focus and perspective that we should have really regardless of our circumstances. And I think that's what continued to draw me back to this topic over the course of this past week. Um, Now, this topic came to mind because I don't know if any of you are, are like me here, but Sometimes throughout the course of my day, um, I, I like to kind of um, allow my mind to wander into different topics and into different content than uh, it might normally do. I don't know if you're like me, but I, I like to daydream a little bit throughout the course of my day. And, um, and so I was doing that the other day as I was driving into work and uh, as my mind was kind of wandering, I started to think about what my personal response should be to this crisis that we find ourselves in. Like, I know we're talking about it with our friends and our family and our coworkers, but you know, deep down, what is the appropriate response 
You know, what should I be thinking about? What should I be focused on? How should I be acting throughout this time? And as I was thinking about this in, in, in a pretty quick fashion, my mind started to head into the New Testament and in particular, the writer of much of our New Testament, which is the Apostle Paul. Now, I'll be honest, the Apostle Paul is one of my personal favorites. I, I love reading about Paul. I love reading his letters to the churches. His story is obviously incredible. But maybe the most amazing part of Paul's story um, was the mindset that he had and the actions that he took during times of adversity. This is maybe the thing that stands out most about Paul throughout his life and ministry. I've said this many times before, but he was just one of those people that was so strong in his faith and so confident in his relationship with God that you just couldn't touch him. Like, like you just, you couldn't phase this guy. We see this over and over again throughout his story, being threatened almost constantly, um, being stoned and left for dead, being arrested, being beaten, being shipwrecked, like over and over again, we see this. And yet, as you begin to dig into his mindset and as you begin to read through his many writings, all you really see is a man of strength, right? A man of passion, a man of faith. Like he was just unshakable. You, you couldn't touch him. And so as I was thinking about Paul in this context, and I was trying to draw up what I might be able to learn from him, I started to read through some of his writings and, and just to see if something really stood out, if something really came to the forefront. And pretty quickly, my attention was drawn to a particular letter that he had written to a group of, group of people that he had encountered through one of his missionary journeys. Um, but what you have to understand about some of these letters that he wrote in this setting is that many times um, he was writing this from a place of deep isolation and seclusion. Because in several of these letters, he was actually writing them as he was imprisoned. Okay, at this point in Paul's life, his passion and frankly, his effectiveness was growing so large that people wanted to see him shut down. Okay, they were done with him. And so again, he finds himself in these moments in great isolation and seclusion. Now, obviously this is a, a relevant setting for what many of us are experiencing today, right? We can relate to this, although the circumstances are much different for us. But the most important part of Paul's story and the content of what he goes on to write really isn't wrapped up in the specific situation that he's in, but rather his response to the situation, okay? Like, like the reason for isolation and how he got himself into these situations really didn't matter. It was his response to it that was ultimately most important. And so this is the knowledge and the wisdom that I really wanna dig into for the rest of our time today so that we can rightly understand what our response needs to be and how we can effectively get through this time of adversity, okay? And so with this in mind, I wanted to, to take a bit of a deep dive into the book of Philippians today, okay? Book of Philippians and just really quick context so that you can understand what we're about to go on to read. Philippians is indeed one of the letters that Paul writes as he finds himself imprisoned. In fact, this is one of the letters that theologians calls a prison epistle. But um, unlike some of the other letters, this was actually written from him as he was under house arrest, 
Okay, so rather than being in prison, as was the case with some of his other letters, he was actually confined to his home in the city of Rome as he writes this to the people of Philippi. Again, relevant setting for for us today as we watch this from our own homes. Now, I'll be honest with you, the entire book of Philippians is really chock full of amazing uh, content that we could lean into during this time. In fact, I would encourage you at some point this week, read through that information, I promise you it will be beneficial. But today I just wanted to to really dig into one specific chapter that I believe hits home the most for us. It's actually pretty amazing how applicable this one chapter of the Bible is for the situation that we find ourselves in. And so the chapter that we're going to be focusing in on and, and digging into today is Philippians chapter 4. Okay, Philippians 4, if you want to write that down or bookmark that in your app, you can do that right now. And we're going to start in verse 11. Okay, Philippians 4, verse 11. Now, at this point in Paul's letter to the Philippians, what he's doing is he's trying to express um, a deep amount of, of gratitude for their concern and assistance while he's under house arrest. Okay, Because what they've done is they've taken it upon themselves to, to be praying for him and to also gather resources that they can then send him. And, and so obviously he's, he's wanting to express gratitude for them doing this in his situation. But once he does that, Once he kind of lays out that foundation, pay attention to what he says next again in verse 11. This is what he says. Not that I speak from want, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. I know how to get along with humble means, and I also know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. For I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances that I'm in. The first thing that Paul wants to show us in situations like these is that we can have contentment in crisis. We can have contentment in crisis. He says, whether I'm hungry or whether I'm full, right? Whether I'm prosperous, whether I'm poor, whether I'm in abundance, whether I'm in need, it doesn't matter. I have learned to be content. This is an unbelievable message of hope and perspective that even in the darkest of times, we can be content in our circumstances. We can be content. Now, I'll be honest with you, contentment has always been a very interesting concept to me because um, I've always felt like there's such a a thin line between the idea of contentment and the idea of laziness. Like like sometimes I I feel like contentment can be the enemy of growth, right? Like is contentment just sitting there and doing nothing all day because you're content with whatever's gonna happen? Like I don't really like the idea of leaning into something like that. But but as I was studying scripture and, and, and really reading about what they're driving at with this concept, it suddenly became very clear to me that contentment is not laziness, okay? It's it's not being idle. It's not staying stagnant. What it really is, is being free of concern, okay? So it's, it's not just sitting there and doing nothing. What it is, is it's finding peace in what you are doing, okay? That's what contentment is. In fact, watch what Paul says in verse seven, and the Peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And the peace of God, contentment is having peace that surpasses all understanding. 
So that regardless of what the situation is and what the battle looks like ahead of you, you can be content because you have found peace, okay? But here's the other thing that contentment also leads you to. It also leads you to joy, okay? Think about it. You can't have joy unless you are truly content in your circumstances. Again, watch what Paul says in verse four. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. He wants us to understand that when we are content, we are a people of joy. Now listen, it may seem odd to to talk about the concept of joy in a situation that seems so devastating, right? In a situation that seems so uncertain. I get that that can feel like an odd emotion during times of distress. But let me remind you again that these wise words from the Apostle Paul are being written as he's chained up in his home with no freedom to speak of, okay? In other words, he can go nowhere, he, he can talk to no one. And yet his message to the Philippians is one of joy. Again, I say rejoice, rejoice no matter what's going on. See, here's the special nature of this whole concept. Okay, this is what is so impactful about this. None of these traits are circumstantial. None of these words or concepts are based off of your current situation. Again, rejoice in the Lord always right? For I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am in. It doesn't matter what the situation is. It doesn't matter what the outside elements may be. My joy is complete. My my peace is unshakable. And, and, And as we stand on that strong foundation, what we begin to understand is that we can confidently say, I am content in the crisis. I am content in the crisis. This is the first thing that Paul wants us to understand about his mindset and his approach. He wants us to find contentment in the crisis, okay? Let's move forward today, get into our next point. Let's go to Philippians chapter four, verse five. This is what Paul says next. Very simple, but very impactful. He says, let your gentle spirit be known to all men. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. Here's the second thing that Paul is trying to show us that we can have. He wants us to have character in crisis. He wants us to have character. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. This is what he wants us to look like. Now let's just get straight to the point on this one, okay? Let's let's get right to the heart of things. If you're being really honest about it, okay? If you're being really truthful with yourself, has gentleness been a character trait of yours throughout this chaotic time that we find ourselves in? Has gentleness been a common trait that you find within yourself? Like if I were to ask you, hey, what is one word that you would use to describe your mindset and approach during this whole coronavirus situation? How far down the list would you have to go to find the word gentle? How far down, like think about it. How close is that to your actual mindset and approach? And what's crazy is Paul doesn't just stop there. Watch what he goes on to say in verse eight. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, listen, dwell on these things. Dwell on what is true, dwell on what is honorable, dwell on what is right. We have to dwell on these things. In fact, in verse nine, he goes on to say, practice these things. 
Don't just dwell on them. Don't just think about them, but actually put them into action. This is what we have to do in times of adversity. Now, listen, I know as well as anyone, human nature is so quick to go down the path of negativity, right? Like it's so easy for us to go down that path of negativity and of of pessimism. Like in fact, in the, the crisis that we're in today, I think we would all probably have to admit that negativity has crept in at some point. Right? At some point, we, we've become skeptical or we've become pessimistic or we've become combative, right? Like maybe it's a little different for each of us, but we've all allowed this to creep into our thoughts and our feelings. But what Paul is saying is, hey, don't go down that path. In situations like these, don't let yourself slip into that pit of emotions. Show some discipline and instead dwell on what is right Dwell on what is good. Dwell on what is lovely. Practice these things. This is the perspective that we need to have. This is where our focus should be. Now, you might be saying to yourself, well, listen, that's a whole lot easier said than done, right? Like I would love to snap my fingers and and be super optimistic all the time, but that's a a pretty difficult thing to do. And I get that, okay? I, I understand that, don't get me wrong. But I would also say this. Do you think that it was easy for Paul to do these things? Do you think that it was easy for him to practice what he was preaching as he's sitting under house arrest for doing nothing wrong? As he's dealing with this unfair treatment for simply trying to do some good, do you think it was easy for him to be negative? Absolutely. In fact, throughout much of his ministry, he had reason to be negative and to be cynical. And yet instead of falling into that pit, what he says is whatever is true, whatever is right, whatever is honorable, these are the things that I'm going to dwell on. This is what I'm going to put my focus on. If we want to maintain a good character throughout times of crisis, we must heed his advice and keep our focus on what is good. Keep our focus on what is right, okay? Contentment and character. These are two unbelievably important traits that we need to cling to, especially during times of adversity. But the last one that we're gonna talk about today, I think might just be the most important one of them all. I, I think this is honestly the one that for most of us really carries us through the storms of life that we find ourselves in. And so the last thing that Paul wants to show us that we can have is confidence in crisis. Paul wants to show us we can still be confident in times of crisis. Now, obviously an important distinction needs to be made here right out of the gate, which is I'm not talking about having confidence in yourself in times like these, okay? That's not what I'm saying. That's not what the point is. The point is you need to have confidence in God throughout these times. You, you must put your confidence in him in order to get through these difficult times. Now, listen, here's the reason why I believe this one is so important. This is why I say, I think this is probably the most important one of them all. One of the biggest struggles that human beings have had with the concept of a sovereign creator over all of the universe is the idea that an all-knowing, all-powerful God would allow us to go through suffering. Okay, this is something that has caused many people to question and ultimately disbelieve the God of the Bible. Why would he allow these things to happen? 
And better off, why would he ordain these things to happen, right? That's just not something that, that naturally sits well in our hearts and, and understandably so, right? And, and so I could get into this deep conversation about God's true purpose for creation and why he allows these things to happen. But today I simply wanna focus on Paul's perspective with this whole topic. What exactly is he thinking as the suffering in his life continues to rise to the surface. Now, I think you would agree with me, given the information that we know, as Paul is, is sitting there writing this letter, he is clearly in a situation where he could very easily question why God has put him in this predicament, right? Like, like very easily he could question why God has seemingly punished him despite doing everything that he's asked him to do, right? And, and honestly, that's probably something that we've all experienced. Like, like whatever's going on in our life doesn't make sense. And the more and more we think about it, the more and more upset we get. That's a very easy trap to fall into. But instead, what Paul somehow begins to dive into is not anger, but confidence. Now, again, not, not in himself. He's not beating his own chest. He's not flexing his own muscles, right? But he's putting his confidence in the one who actually put him in the crisis to begin with. Think about that. He's putting his confidence in the one who put him there to begin with. Now, what we're about to read is easily one of the most popular scriptures in all of the Bible. I'm sure you've heard this one many times before, but here's what I want you to do, okay? I want you to kind of strip away all of your previous understanding. I want to put down all of our preconceived notions. And I want you to think about, I want you to envision where Paul is at under house arrest, what his surroundings must have been as he now writes these words, Philippians 4, 13, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Such a powerful message that has spanned from generation to generation. And this is certainly one that instills confidence, right? There's, there's no doubt about that, but there's something important here that you have to understand, okay? Because so often we use this scripture to, to help us reach the big goal or to accomplish the big task, right? So often that's the path we go down. And listen, that's great. Okay, I'm not taking anything away from it, but actually the reason that Paul is writing this at this time is so that he can get through a crisis. I can do all things. I can get through this mess because he strengthens me. I can do this. I can endure. I can persevere because he's with me. That is what is coursing through his mind as he's writing these words. Now, again, don't get me wrong. I do believe this verse can be applied to, to different contexts and different situations, okay? I'm not taking that away from you. But Paul is writing this because he's trying to remind himself of the confidence that he must have in God. Yes, I'm suffering. Yes, it's, it's chaotic and I don't know what's going on, but I can get through it because God is with me, because he's with me. In fact, this message of hope is so important to him. It's, it's so necessary as he works through this crisis of his that he almost says the same thing just a few verses later. Watch what he says in verse 19. And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And my God will supply all of your needs. 
But, but Paul, dude, you're under house arrest, right? Like you've got chains on your wrist. You have absolutely no freedom to speak of. Yeah, but it doesn't change who God is. It doesn't change how powerful he is. It doesn't change the fact that he is in control. In fact, just, just think about how sweet those words must have sounded as he was writing them with chains on his wrists as he's dealing with injustice, as he's going through this betrayal, like I can just picture this smile beginning to surface on his face as he realizes my God will supply all of my needs. I don't care what I'm going through. I'm not lacking for anything. I have nothing to be worried about for my God is in control. This is what it looks like to have confidence in crisis. Paul's mindset, his approach is so inspiring in times like these. Whether he is imprisoned or whether he's shipwrecked or whether he's on trial, it doesn't matter. The way in which he lives his life, the way in which he relates to God never changes. He is steady, he is immovable, he is strong. And so listen, like that today, I wanna encourage you to have that same mindset and approach. I wanna encourage you with this. Listen, are we living in uncertain times? Yes, we are. Do we have all the answers that we want to have? We, we don't. But listen, it doesn't change our perspective and it doesn't change our approach. And so listen to me. In times like these, I wanna encourage you, be content in your circumstances. I wanna encourage you to be of high character, even in times of distress. Be confident that God is in control because even when the storms are brewing and the outside elements are going crazy, listen to me, we still know who sits on the throne. Our God is in control. 